0: Uh, well, let's get into it. You guys ready? Yes. Um, we're going to read a lot of, a lot of uh, scriptures, but um, man, I tell you, as I was, at first service, as I was reading it, I was just going, man, this is just fantastic. Um, let me encourage you guys to do something, all right? Um, you know, they say that um, the, uh, the greatest fear that people have is the fear of death, and the second greatest fear is speaking in front of people. So, but you know what? I mean, there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like getting up in front of people and, sh- and sharing. And, when you, and you know, when you have something to say, it's easy. It's easy if you, if you have something to say. And you know what? Every one of us has something to say. Right. Right? right? Every one of you. Now, some of us could talk a lot longer. <laughs> this, guy, this guy. A lot of you women could talk a long time? Now, none of y'all could beat my dad, though. Man, my dad. My dad was a talker. Man. Uh, you'll meet him one day. He's in heaven right now. Well, we'll, you all You guys will meet my dad. But I encourage you, uh, prepare yourself to speak in front of people. And any chance you get, do it. I mean, there's nothing like it. When you, I don't know what it is about it, but when you're sharing the Word of God in front of people, it just there's something about it, it just comes more alive. I don't know why, but it just does. Well, in Matthew chapter 24, we've been talking about the last days, getting ready. Are you ready? Reminds me of an old Creed song. Oh, you're ready. Y'all remember that one? Good song. Um, but Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24, he said to be ready. Be ready. So if Jesus said be ready, then there must be some things we need to do to be ready, right? How many of you guys know Jesus would never tell us to be ready and then never show us how, right? So today we're going to look at some things. We're going to look at a few things, three things, to be ready for his return, right? We all want to be ready. Nobody wants to be right in the middle of sin when Jesus returns, right? Now you'd still go, right? As believers, we'd still go. How many of you know there's probably going to be some Christians doing some stuff they shouldn't be doing when Jesus returns, right? Right, I mean, it's going to happen, right? But that ain't going to exempt them. They'll still go. They might, they might feel a little weird when they get there, but <laughs> we'll love on them. We'll, we'll love on them. We won't, we won't talk bad about them, right? Right? We'll just, lo- we'll laugh, right? We'll laugh and love, love on them. But Jesus says in Matthew chapter twenty-four, be ready. So I just want to share a few things with you guys about being ready. You know. Uh the, uh the denomination that I grew up in, I grew up Assembly of God, and uh, some of you guys can probably relate, but man, when they preached the gospel, man, they beat you over the head with it, you know, and they really made you feel condemned, and, and man, I mean, you, you just felt, you know, you didn't know how, to, you know, to feel. But let me tell you guys something, God wants good for us, Always. There is never a time he doesn't want good for us. Always good. And you know what? He wants good for you even when you do something stupid. That's right. Even when you inflict pain on yourself, he'll still heal you and wants to. What else can we do, right? What else, what else can we do if we're hurting, if we're lacking? What else can we do but call out to him? That's all we can do. And he's that good. His, his written word says that he hasn't held back any good thing from us. Never. The worst of the worst sinners, if they cry out to him, God help me, he's there. He's there. He's not, he's not saying, well, no, you're going to have to read your Bible for 50 years. and remember." No, no, no. As soon as we call out. He's there for us, all right? So I want you guys to know he's good. Look, the Holy Spirit convicts, okay? And let me tell you guys a little bit about conviction. When God convicts you about something, you do something wrong and he's convicting you, hey, you need to get this straightened out. You know what? He brings peace with it. He brings joy with it. He gives you the answer. He shows you what to do. Does any If any of you guys remember the day you got born again, I do. I remember the night I got born again. And I knew I was supposed to accept Jesus. I knew I was supposed to. But for some reason, for years I didn't. And that night, I knew. And he, and he was showing me what to do. I knew what to do. Right? And that's conviction. Whenever the Holy Spirit convicts, he always gives you the answer. When you get condemned about something, that's when you start feeling bad about something and there is you have no answer, you're confused. Okay, y'all see the difference. God will convict, but He always gives us peace with it, joy with it, and gives us the answer. He shows us what to do. Okay, so let's let's go to Matthew chapter 25. That's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna get all three of our points this morning. Matthew chapter 25, and we're gonna start with verse one. And my first point is, let me get down here to it. I got so much, man. Why tell you? That's another thing about speaking. You always over-prepare. And then you don't use half of it. It's what's the strangest thing. Up until now, I didn't even have none of that really in my notes. So sometimes it just, that's a good thing too about speaking is, man, God will just move on you and he'll just, he'll just help you. It's awesome. But our first point this morning is to let Jesus know you. All right, that's our for let Jesus know you or know Jesus. And the way we do this is just, by being born again, we just believe that Jesus died for our sins, and we say something to let him know that. How many of us have done that? We've done that, right? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Right? Easy. I was 18 years old when I got born again, and I knew I knew how to get born again. My mother had, man, she had preached the golly, man. I mean, she had preached to me, preached to me. And for some reason, I didn't want to do it. And she, finally, 18 years old, I got born again. I knew. Man, I could have preached. the. At 16 years old, I could preach the gospel to you. I could have preached the gospel. I knew what to do. I just didn't want to do it. I thought I was going to give up something. I thought I was going to miss out on some fun. That's just, it's all a lie. It's all a big lie. But um, he want, that. all knowing Jesus is and him knowing us is us being born again. It's believing he, he died on the cross for our sins. And then saying that. The reason why he wants us to say something, because we have to act on our faith. We have to act. And that's what speaking is. It's acting. And that's how everything else in the kingdom is going to work. Anybody here need healing in your body? How do you think you're going to get it? Believing and speaking. Rachel spelled it out for us this morning. I mean, she gave it to us. Believe and speak. Hey, I heard a story about a man that has a hole in his heart. And he'd go to the doctor with problems, and they said, Man, you got a hole in your heart. I guess he was born with it. Gave him problems. But he began to believe God for healing, and he got healed. But for some reason, he had gone back to the doctor, and they x rayed him again, you know, checked him out. The hole is still in his heart. The doctor said, The hole is still there. You can still see. But he wasn't having none of the symptoms, he was healed. So don't ever go by what you feel or what things look like. This world and this stuff, it's fickle. It'll change. It's temporary. But his word is eternal and forever. And if you had the devil over here saying you're sick and you had Jesus right here saying you're healed, who are we going to believe? Right? It doesn't matter what your body looks like. If Jesus says we're healed, we're healed. And that's what Jesus says. We are healed. Man, I better get to to my verses. (laughs) Matthew 25. And I'm going to kind of of break it down just a little bit smaller, because I know, uh, just for the sake of time. But basically, Jesus tells a parable about 10 virgins, and he talks about five of them being wise, five of them being foolish. And he said, This is is what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like this 10 virgins. Five were foolish, five were wise. Uh, Yeah, five were foolish, five were wise. The five were ready. They had the, they had their lamps. They had the oil, but at midnight when the bridegroom cried out, "Come on to the wedding," the five foolish virgins didn't have any oil. They ran out. They wanted to borrow the oil from the from the wise. They said, "No, you're gonna have to go buy your own. Go buy you some." Well, they missed going in with the bridegroom. And then when they knocked on the door, bridegroom let us in. He said, "I don't know you." Now that's just a parable. Some people get all crazy and they. They put all kinds of wacky stuff in there. But all, all, this, all, he's, all Jesus is saying is, I have to know you. I want to know you. And that's just being born again. That's just what we've been saying. Believe Jesus died for your sins. Do we believe he died for our sins or not? Yes. We do. He died for our sins. You know, Jesus dying for our sins, it's truth. It is the greatest truth. It's like light. It's like gravity. It's just true. It's easy to believe that. Right, it doesn't matter how much our heads want to fight it. It's true, it just is. All right, so let's. We just have to believe that. That and that is the heaven or hell. That is the heaven or hell question right there. Do you know Jesus? Do you have you believed he died for your sins? Did you tell him that? The man on the cross beside Jesus said, "Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." And Jesus said, "You'll be with me in paradise today." That easy. That easy. That simple. Well, wait a minute. He didn't get baptized in water. You don't have to be baptized in water. He didn't, evidently. Now, we should. If we get born again, you should get baptized in water. But the most important is, is that we believe He is the Savior and we confess that with our mouth. We say that and believe that. Okay? That's, the heaven, heaven, that's the heaven and hell one right there. Okay. Now, my next two points. I'm going to go ahead and go to point two. The next persuasion that we must have. And this is us. This is just things we're doing to make sure that we're ready when Jesus returns. You know, I, I just feel, again, like just stressing that God is just so good to us. I, I, again, I, my, my upbringing in my, in the, the denomination I came, in, up, came up in, uh, Assembly of God, man, they just, they just beat you. They just condemn you. You know, it was all about works. No, you got to do this and do that, and, and it ain't about that. We don't get saved by works. We get saved by His grace and the faith that He's given us. We believe Him and speak it, and that's how we get healing for our bodies. That's how we get provision for our finances. It's how that's how everything comes. But these next two points that I'm going to share with you are more just related to rewards we receive when we get to heaven. All right, are y'all interested in hearing that, or should we quit right now? Keep on. Y'all want to hear about the rewards? This is good. This is this is some good stuff right here. Now, there, nothing beats being born again. Nothing beats that. But this is some good stuff, all right? So y'all ready? Matthew chapter 25, we're going to look start with verse 14. I'm going to read quite a bit on this one. Jesus said to his disciples, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. To one servant he gave five talents, to another te- servant he gave two talents, and to another servant he gave one talent. To every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Likewise, he that had received two talents, he gained uh, another two. But he that had received the one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with him. Any uh, Doc Holliday fans? When I read this scripture right here that he reckoned, and, and the master reckoned, you know, Doc Holiday said, it ain't about revenge. It's about the reckoning. <laughs> it's funny. Um, and so, just movie, just movie stuff. Um, I just, I'm just, I remember funny stuff in movies. So, uh, verse twenty. Uh, and so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, "Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside beside them five talents more." His lord said to him, "Well done, good and faithful servant." You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of your Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Now Notice here before we keep going. No stipulations. They just they just used talents that God gave them, and He rewarded them. All right, isn't that great? Isn't that just is that freeing? It's just so free. Um, okay, so at, so then verse twenty four. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, "Lord, I know you that you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strawed." Did he know? Did he know Jesus? Did this guy know Jesus? Is Jesus a hard man? Jesus is not a hard man. Jesus said, My burden is light. He said, My burden is light. That's what Jesus said. So this guy evidently, 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 <laughs> that's a fun word. <laughs> um, Pastor Myron said uh, before I come up here, he said, um, We resist the symptoms and we resist the temptations. And I was back there and I said, Yeah, we were even the, resent- We even. Re- We even resist the temptations. I was expecting him to say it but he didn't say it So so, verse 24 Then he which had received the one talent came and said Lord I know you are a hard man Reaping where you have not sown Gathering where you have not strawed And I was afraid That tells you right there a little bit about it right? (laughs) Afraid Christian people ain't supposed to be afraid Uh, So we know he didn't know Jesus And I went and hid your talent in the earth, lo, there that you have that's yours. And his Lord answered and said, You wicked and slothful servant. If you have talents that God's given to you, how how many people in here have talents that God's given to you? Every hand should go up. Whether you think it or not, you got talents. Let me tell you something. When I was 16 years old, there's no way you, ever, you could never convince me one day you're going to be on the stage, you're going to be up on a platform at a church leading praise and worship. There's no way. No, I, know I would have laughed. I said, nope, not me. But I got born again at 18, and, I, now I'm on, and I'm using the talents that God's given me. I'm just using his talents. And it's the same for you. They're, your talents may be different, but use those talents. Get in, the ch- get in church. Get in, get in small groups and, and use your talents. I'm telling you, some of you, got, some of you folks got talent, just like me. You have talents you don't even know you got. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Just step in and start. Just go to work. Just get involved somewhere, and you'll be amazed that God will just start directing you. He'll start putting you. <laughs> when I first came to church on the move, I didn't immediately go into, into praise and worship. Kind of work. And and, hey, got the talent. Okay, let's do it. Uh, aren't you aren't all ready for God to just lead you into what you're supposed to be doing? I'm telling you, it's the best place. It's the greatest place. It's the greatest place knowing every Sunday I come here and I'm in my place. I'm doing what God wants me do. There's nothing more freeing than that. And we can all have that, and he wants us. So his, his Lord answered and said, You wicked and slothful servant. We, none of us want to hear that, do we? You knew that I reaped where I sowed not and gathered where I have not strawed. You ought therefore to put my money to the exchanger's. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Now that last verse there is kind of weird. We don't really use a lot of those terms, exchangers, usury. Usury is just interest, okay? Exchangers could be bankers. So notice here that he told this guy, even he told this guy, if you, you could have at least just done the least of it, of, of making me a profit, by just at least taking my money and putting it in the bank. And then I could have gained interest off of it. I could have at least got interest. So look how easy he's making it, right? Look how easy God's making it. It's easy to serve God. It's not hard to serve him. It's easy, all right? Um, y'all ready to go? Let's just go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Get in church. Get in a small group, all right? Get in there. Uh, again, let me, let, me, let me point back at this guy saying that he was afraid. None. Of, none of us should be afraid. All right, God has not given us fear. That's right. He hasn't. Any fear you ever feel, that's not God. If you you know immediately if you have fear, you know that's not God. God never le- leads with fear. Ever, ever. He leads with faith and confidence, peace, joy. Okay. So get involved. If you're not involved, get somewhere. If this ain't the church God wants you to get, then get to the one. Get to the one He's. That, he's got, that he has for you. If you don't know, ask him. He'll tell you. Okay? You guys do that for me? If this is your church, fantastic. Get involved. Get involved somewhere. I'm telling you. Greatest thing. Um, our third point, love. The, did, I, did I say the second point? I did, didn't I? Okay. I can't even remember reading it. Okay. Third point, love those. Uh, talking, talking too much or too fast, I guess. Love those whom Jesus loves. Let's go ahead and start reading Matthew chapter twenty-five. We'll start with verse thirty-one, and you'll you'll see what I'm getting at. Who who does Jesus love? He loves everybody. Let me ask you guys something: Does he? Does God love? Uh, does God love the people of Israel? Yes. Yes. Does He love the Palestinians? Yes. Yes. Does He love the Arabs? Yes. yes. Does He love? whoever it is that's going to be the Antichrist, does he love that guy? Yes, he does. Sure does. He loves all of us. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man will come in his glory. I don't think this is a parable. This is the real deal right here. Jesus is sharing with his disciples. When the Son of Man will come in his glory. Can you all imagine that? In his glory. Imagine what his glory looks like. Woo! You all know what glory is? Glory, that's what God makes God, God. He's going to have some glory. And all the holy angels with him. Then will he sit upon the throne of his glory. You know he's got glory when he mentions glory twice in the same sentence. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he will separate them one from another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Uh Uh-oh, here's the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then will the king say unto them on his right hand, he'll say to the sheep, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Can somebody say, that's us? Woo! Yeah, yeah. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then will the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee, in or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king will answer and say unto them, Verily, I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then will he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You guys know that hell was never meant for people? wasn't hell was not hell was not made for people It was made for the devil and his angels it's not god's will that anybody goes to hell not it was never his will he says for i was a hungry, and you gave me no meat i was thirsty and you gave me no drink i was a stranger and you took me in not, uh, and you took me not in you naked and you clothed me not sick and in prison and you visited me not then will they also say unto him lord When saw we then hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto you, then will he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me, and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So we see here that God, he connects our relationship with one another to our relationship with him. Y'all remember the verse in Matthew 6, I think it is, that Jesus said, if you don't forgive other people, God's not going to forgive you. That's pretty serious, right? Man, that's serious, right? I I don't know about you, but I want God to forgive me. We've all done some stupid stuff, right? We need forgiveness, right? And he said, if we don't forgive other people... He's not going to forgive us. I'm telling you, if you guys have any, if you guys have any quarrels with family members, co-workers, get that right, get that straightened up. All right, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth God saying, "Well, I can't forgive you for that," just because, right? So go make that right with Him. Um, in in ending my in ending my sermon um, and coming to the end. Um, I'd like for us to pray for Israel, okay? And um, first service, I mentioned, um, first service, I mentioned children's ministry and youth ministry. Um, our young people are facing things, uh, some things they're facing, we have, have I, when I was a teenager, young, I never would have even dreamed some of the stuff that young people are having to face right now, the temptations. And um, and man, I mean, it's just crazy. Just the craziness, uh, man. I tell you, I, the, this trend, this gender stuff, man, that's just. I mean, that, you got, you got to know that's demonic. I mean, it just don't make sense, you know. So um, so I, I I said a little bit about just making sure that we're that we're supporting children's ministry and youth ministry. Um, you may not necessarily be called to children's ministry or youth ministry, but that doesn't mean you can't help. All right, y'all understand. Um, you may have money you can give. Uh, you may have money that you can give to the church and say, "Hey, I want this designated to go towards youth ministry or children's ministry." Um, you might can you might can help out in some way. Uh, there's lots of ways to help young people. Um, I'd be willing to bet every single person in this place knows a young person comes into contact with young people all the time, constantly. You know, somewhere at work or school or something, and just be a minister, just minister to them. Uh, Let me tell you something. Um, I told you guys that these last two points, uh, these last two points that we talked about really has to do with the rewards that we will have after we leave this earth and go to heaven. And the Bible tells us that if you give a child a cup of cold water, if you just give a child a cup of cold water, you'll in no wise lose your reward. Imagine if you did more than a cup of cold water. Imagine so can, so just from that verse, you can tell that Jesus puts lots of emphasis on making sure that our children know him. We have to make sure our young people, that we live Jesus out in front of our young people. Uh, Jesus is great. He loves, he loves kids. So, but he loves Israel, too. So let, let's, um, we pray for the kids in first service. Let's pray for Israel, if you guys don't mind, and we'll, we'll end with that, okay? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. This morning, we are so grateful that we can, that we get to. You know, it used to be a time where we couldn't come before you. But Jesus died on the cross for us so that we can have that right. And we are so grateful. We do not take it for granted at all, God. We are so thankful. We can never say enough. We just love you and we praise you. You are the only true God, our Savior. And uh, we want to bring the nation of Israel and the Jewish people, no matter where they are, God, it doesn't matter if they're in Israel or not. They could be right here in Tyler. But we just ask that you bless the Jewish people. We know that you love us all. You love every, every, all people. And we do pray, Lord God, that you'd open the windows of heaven and, just, and pour out blessings on our ministers, uh, on our churches, our believers, and send them out, God, so that they will go and minister Jesus to the world and specifically the people of Israel, the Jewish people. We just ask that you'd help them, God, to make wise decisions. Um, we pray for their president, Benjamin Netanyahu. We ask... Father God, that you give him wisdom. They're, 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 uh, all their governing people just ask that you give them wisdom and understanding, knowledge, to know exactly what to do. Lord God, we know that bad things are going to happen. Your word says that, that in the end there will be wars and things are going to happen. But it doesn't mean that people have to be lost. It doesn't mean that they have to die and go to hell. They can accept Jesus, believe in him, be born again. So we just ask that specifically and, and most importantly to God, and we just thank you for it.